Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. I am Sean Holly, otherwise known as Sean in Your Face Holly, which is a, which is a, a reference to shooting games where I shoot things in the face, even many things that don't have faces, like alien ships. Uh, what's your name, sir? My name is Victor Marland, and I'm the other half of this podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're an old listener, also welcome. You're very welcome indeed. Welcome. And what have you been up to, Sean, since the last time we spoke to you? I've not spoken to you for a while, because you've been busy at work, haven't you, at Arcade Club? Yay, busy, busy. What what have I been doing apart from work? I've been sleeping, doing a bit of sleeping. Yeah. been doing a bit of playing the recent game, which we'll get on to. Yes. And at, at, the, at the club, I met Jason... Jason. How many IPAs have you had this evening? None at all. I met Jason Bradbury from The Gadget Show. He used to be at The Gadget Show. Oh, what's he doing there? Are they doing a thing on the Arcade Club, or is he just there for fun? He's a lovely fella. I think he's going to help us open the Leeds Arcade Club. But okay. he, he just he just came, and he was measuring up arcade machines. He just phoned like half six Sunday night. He said, are you open? He said, yeah, we're closed in an hour and a half. But he came, he came along and he's measuring arcade machines and he's making full-size rep, rep, replica, I've not had a drink honestly, replica arcade machines as a part of a university student course thing that he's running. Oh, nice. That's so an interesting course. Yeah, he's doing all. He's not working on the gadget show. He's doing sort of independent films and doing, doing talks on technology and stuff. He's a really nice guy. So he's not just because I don't really know the gadget show. I don't, I don't really watch it. But he's not just a presenter. Then he's actually affiliated with technology. I think so. He's finished the gadget show a couple of years ago. So this is right. what he's doing now. It's like he's like teaching students and doing like cool. little work, workshops on technology and that. And so yeah, he was. He was he was around. He was recording. You could tell he loved the games. He was oh, he nice. was. He's about our age, is he? Yeah, he's, he's he's about a month younger than me, I think. Okay. Like that. And he was what was he doing? He was like recording, like walking around Moon and uh, Moon Patrol, which he was Missile Command. Okay. <laughs> because I used to love this, and I was trying to pull the cab out and show him the back of it and everything. So he was trying to measure it. Mm. So yeah. hopefully he's going to be putting CRTs in the machine at least. Oh no! It's going to be car- it's going to be a cardboard. Something to cardboard. You'll three D print an arcade machine. Have one of them little shadow boxes, like little punk Punch and Judy inside it. That'd be pew, really pew, cool. Pew That'd be pew. Good. Uh, I've got I've a shot made, right in face. Just made it up, and I've recorded a little twenty second snippet for Retro Asylum podcast. What? Which I'm just listening to. I've not quite got to it. They've done a podcast on Popeye, the same as us. Just How dare they? But theirs is out first, so they've got to wipe it off the internet. Do you know, do you know Retro Asylum? Yeah. They're dead to me. <laughs> Not speaking to them anymore. Oh. Yeah, um, this, this happened a few years ago. We did a podcast on a certain game. I can't remember which one it was. And either No Quarter, when they were still going, or The Pie Fact. We did one the same week, either the week... You know, very few days between ours and theirs. And it's yeah. just a total coincidence. We hadn't seen what each other was recording or whatever, and it's just happened. Because I, th- yeah. I think with No Quarter, they used to, at the end of it, they used to play a sound and didn't tell the listeners what was going on for the next minute to try and guess what game it was from the sounds. Yeah. And it was probably one of those, and we actually did the same game, but it doesn't matter. It's cool. Mm. Yeah, so what have you been up to, Vic? Right, I finalised my horizontal main groovy setup. You know it broke down. Windows failed me on that machine. Yeah. And it, ugh, 
goodness sake, hate Windows, hate Windows, hate Windows. Uh, but I've set some more ROMs on there, and I've also set up on the horizontal machine, um, I've got a, a massive load of working ROMs. I made sure they all work and everything. Every game's on there I want to play. I might add a few to it later on. But I've also made a second menu set, because you can do different menu sets on, on the track mode. So what I've got is I've got horizontal games, obviously, all horizontal games. And I've also yeah. got, if you press, I think, the f- first player button and right, it scrolls from, from the main games to the 10 pence experience. And it's all oh, the games nice. we've played on the on the podcast. So it's got all the games, vertical and horizontal, on there. And what I'm going to do with my vertical machine is put all the vertical ROMs I want to play on there. And also the same again. So both machines can always have all the 10 pence games on there. Just swap over the, the menu with a quick you know, joystick move and have all the games on there. So mm, if nice. I ever take those machines to a show, everyone can play all our games we've ever played. Quite a good idea, yeah. a little challenge. So I've done all that, and I'm about to finalise it. When when you turn the machine into in, the the computer inside it into read only mode, and it also you use um, a startup manager which gets rid of all the Windows branding. So it's got no mm. no startup screens with Windows on. You hear no Windows sounds, no cursors, nothing. It gets rid of all of it, and it just boots straight into a track mode. And when you've when you've done it, and the C drive is set to read only. When you turn the machine off, you just turn it off the wall, and that's it. And it hopefully doesn't crash the computer. Yeah, that's the clever. idea of it. But I actually um, got to do another one for the vertical machine as well. But it's going to be a lot easier now because of some new stuff that's just come out recently. But that's mainly what I've been messing around with, to be honest with you. And uh, new 3D printer, so I'm messing with that as well, which is a lot better than the old one. It's so quicker. much less. It's quicker. It's easy to get working it fails a lot less uh, and it, i'm really impressed with it really impressed with it so good nice that's good that's good news it is it's a lot less frustrating than the old one the old one i think it was just the hot end of it which is the bit that does the the main part i think it's just worn out because i did use it quite a lot i did quite a lot of prints out i got quite a few hours prints on it but what i'll probably do with that one is i'll, I'll replace the bit i think that's worn out and i'll just sell it for cheap to someone or give it to someone or whatever no, yeah, do you want a 3D printer, Sean? Uh, no, thank you. You can print yourself a little beard. A stick-on beard. 3D beard, 3D yeah. beard. You can do different colours. That is a good idea. And what you can do is have little, two little sort of um, little angled bits. You can just stick up your nose to hold it on. <laughs> I, I could have, have a dark smell one. Out, but, you know. I want a dark brown one, like Walter White, and then a the pork pie hat. Ooh, pork pies. Mmm... They're nice, aren't they? I wouldn't wear it as a hat. I just eat it. Mm, I love the pork. I'm quite hungry, actually. Anyway, Anyway, let's get on with this podcast, then we can have our tea. Yes, go on then. Arcade news. Not a lot of news going on at the minute, is there? No, it's a bit of a quiet spell, or I've missed it all. Yeah. Konami, they're releasing three arcade collections. Well, not actually arcade, three classic uh, uh, collections to commemorate is that the word their 50th anniversary they've 50 been going for 50, 50 years since 1978 they started wow, wow. it's not like that so there's the arcade classics one click more details hang on here we go kids game list haunted castle which is the one of the castlevanias that was on arcade 
mm-hmm. Typhoon, don't know what that is, Nemesis, Vulcan Venture, Scramble, Twin B, there's quite a few others. And then they've done, these are off on the all the modern consoles, PS4, Xbox One, Steam, and Switch. And then they've got Castlevania and Contra collections. Oh. So they, so they are out summer 19. So I presume the, the Contra one and the Castlevania is arcade as well as the the various console versions? It does look like that. Let me click on the clicky link. Because Castlevania was, was popular on the NES, the SNES, and the Mega Drive. Do you got um uh oh what was it? Symphony of Symphony of something or other on the PS1? That's a really sought after game. It's quite a rare one. It looks like it's got two NES, one Game Boy and the SNES, and then there's extra boxes underneath that says coming soon, and you know what that means, don't you? Yeah. It means you've got to buy them, you've got to pay it, pay for extra games like you're doing everything. More than likely. DLC. Yeah. yeah. Nah. DLC stands for Don't Lie Companies. Yeah. It's good, that, won't it? Possibly. Mm. Uh... More arcade, well, not arcade news as such, but it's for us arcade collectors. Uh, Rich Gregory chunks in. He's just released the new Windows 7 read-only Groovy Mame update. And I've got it, and I'm raring to go with it. That's going to go on my vertical setup. There's a lot more extra modes in it and extra tweaks he's done to it, which make the thing a lot easier to use. I'm really looking forward to using that. It's such a good version of Mame. I mean, it's absolutely perfect. It's really, really good. I might give it a go. I might go back to Windows. But, well, uh, as long as the Windows it. doesn't flipping crash and die and mm. ruin itself, it works really nicely, and it's so much easier to use than Linux. Mm. I can't, I can't well, be dealing with Linux. I just don't know Linux. I don't know it. Well, this one I'm on, it's just it looks like Windows Seven. It does. But so the it, idea it's... with Rich's thing is to make mm. it not look like Windows at all. As soon as you've got it yeah. installed on there, and you do the um, the read only bit and you get rid of all the Windows branding, it shouldn't look like a computer at all. And it, it loads really fast, because what you do is you use a solid-state drive, a small one, as your main hard drive, so it loads and boots really quickly. And you, you separate or use another drive for all your main stuff. So it gets going real quick, and you're into it. And it's it's basically boots almost as quick as like a PCB would. It's got like a boot-up mm. sequence or whatever. So it, it runs really quickly, and it's so good. I mean, the, the graphics... the the actual video modes, they're either spot on or as close to spot on as you as you can get. There's no interlace modes, there's no flicker, and it's just really, really good. It's so good. There's no j- jitter or juddering about or anything. It's brilliant. Yeah, really my pleased gr- with it. Groovy arcade in the car, but you, there is a, like a splash screen saying Groovy arcade, and then you get into the the menu. But it doesn't bother me. You do have to shut it down. I wonder if you could just switch it off. You perhaps could, but I never With Linux, do. you probably can, can't you? I would think so, yeah, because the the operating system's all little little self-contained modules, isn't it? Mm. So it doesn't. It, it could do, but I, I don't. I just it's only a couple of button presses shut down, you know. Yeah, but it's not like an arcade machine, is it? That's the idea of it. Is is to be as close to an arcade experience as you can get. So you come in, you turn the machine on, and the the PC is set to boot from you know power off. So it comes on straight away, loads up. You play your games, whatever. You turn it off, walk out the room. That's it. No no button, no keyboards, no mice, none of that business. All in the cab. You don't even see the computer. The idea is to completely hide it. You don't know there's a computer even in there. That's the idea. 
See, I don't. That doesn't bother me. That as long as the games play well, I'm not. Ooh, it really bothers me. <laughs> I've actually got the door open, you know, underneath the control panel. Yeah. It's not the coin door. It's the big door next to it because it's a candy, and you can see the see the PC and all the wires are everywhere. And who cares, Vic? As long as it play, like you can play Volgus with auto fire, lag free. Wow, how good's that? You cheating get. Cheating get. I don't care. You know when I set up the. The ten pence experience. I had to put cheats on that because when we played Ms. Pac-Man, we had the speed up cheat on, didn't we? Yes, yeah. So I had to put the cheats on in Mame and also put the cheat folder in. It's got all the different cheats on there. So I I can actually, if I want, I can play a lot of those games with auto fire and infinite lives and all that stuff. You know, the cheating that you do all the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it might be interesting to play the games with an auto fire, the ones that you don't normally play with auto fire. I'll tell you one thing that would be interesting. I was I was going through a, a Windows MAME on my Mac. So I've got Parallels running on there. I was just looking for some stuff. And I found a version of 1942, a clone, that was that was heavily modified. Like, the levels were all changed. And that had auto-fire on it. But the, the levels were totally different to normal. I can't remember what it's really? called now. I'll find out what it is, and I'll, I'll, I'll send you the ROM if you haven't already got it. You can have a look at it. But it's quite interesting. It's like turbocharged version or something it was called. It's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's like that version of MAME you can get. Misfit MAME. Have you played that? Mm. It's got all the really no. weird version of games on it. Like where I, people I've, had have a, done... I've had a look at it on YouTube and that. I've never thought I can't be bothered. Oh, it, it's it. a lot of fun. It's a lot mm. of fun. Because when people do hacks to, to ROMs, they send them to these people and they include it in there. And I think Sean Fumaster's on there. Is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. And also, um, that version of 1942 where someone took the Commodore 64 music and put it on there, rather than the... Sacrilege. It is, but it sounds a lot better. It's a lot better. And what you can do then is when you've got them versions on there, you can take the ROMs, burn them to an EEPROM, and actually put it on a PCB. So you could have Sean Fumas on a proper PCB. And I've, I've got two Kung Fu Master PCBs. I am tempted to put Sean Fu Master on one of them. <laughs> God, that'd be good. Us in us on a PCB. Yeah. This is not arcade news, but what is your opinion? Do you know about this on the new no console streaming platforms? Google and Apple are, are said to be releasing one. Apple Arcade and Google Stadia or Stadia, which is basically a controller and then you stream the services online, and it's supposed to be very fast, very lagless, which has always been a problem in the UK. When There's been previous services like this that have failed. I think one was called Now Something or Now... Now but Music this, 4, was that the one? Now, that's, that's what I call streaming 4. But apparently, you just, you just buy, the, buy the controller, and then you can play whatever game you want. There's no downloads, because it's all servers. Yeah, it's... I have looked into it a little bit. It's not a kind of thing I'd be interested in. But what apparently with the Stadia, what you do is you buy, as you say, the controller, which looks just like a, a Switch controller or an Xbox three, or Xbox One controller or a PS4, all the same. You know, It's got two mm. analog uh, nubs. It's got a, a D-pad, a load of buttons, some shoulder pad, buttons. I think it's got a, a touchpad on it, all that sort of stuff. And mm. what you do, apparently, is any screen you've got can be used as the monitor for the games. 
So you can wirelessly plug into, say, a laptop I'm on now, and the games will come on that screen. Or an iPad, or an Amazon, or a, um, uh, an Android tablet, or a phone. Yeah, I think and the Google one. It'll be one, like isn't... 1080p or whatever, or even an old. I'm not sure if you can use CRTs or not. I'm not sure if the resolution would be high enough. But basically, any screen. And I think it's anything that can run Chrome. I think that's the thing. Oh, is with that, that what it is? Yeah, you've got to have Chrome. Do you know what? I will never have that thing because I will never have Chrome on my computers. No, I'm not bothered. And if 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 it this carries on and there's there's very little physical releases anymore. Yeah, it is, it is a bit of a problem, actually, because I like physical releases. I like to have the actual thing, especially if I'm paying full price. I don't think I've ever paid full price for a game download, because when I, when I buy games for my Switch now and again, when I do buy a, a, you know one of the AAA releases, which is usually the Nintendo ones, um, I, I actually like to buy it physically. I, don't, I, don't, mm. I know you're getting the same game on a little cartridge with a little sort of fancy box around it, and you're getting the full game when you download it. And there's only like, I don't know, production value is not a lot for a little cartridge to be made, which is a tiny little, almost like an SD card and a case. But I like to have it. If you're, if you're paying like 40 or 50 pounds for a game, I want something in my hand. Yeah. But if you're paying like two quid to 25 quid, I don't mind that as a download. But when I'm paying full whack, you know, top top money. I want something in my hand for it because the next game I'm getting on the Switch is the Yoshi's the Yoshi one. Mm. Uh, I've got the demo of it, which I downloaded. Just to have a quick go of it before it comes out, and I'm going to buy it soon. I think it was out a couple of days ago, but I, I've got a load of other games I need to try and finish off rather than start another one again. So I was actually playing um, the Toad one the other day as well, trying to finish that off. But I've got loads to do in it yet. I just haven't got time to play them. But if it's got Chrome on it and you need Chrome on a computer or whatever. I'm never going to have it because I do not trust Chrome because it, 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 it just it just follows all your history and what you're buying and stuff and it just spies on you. I'm not having that in my house. I'm not having uh, it. Yeah, they all do, don't they? Really, but the, I think games may go the way that music's going. Like the 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 kids, as they call them, at work, they have a phone, Bluetooth to a wireless boombox. They've got Spotify. They don't actually own any music. They're just streaming playlists. They yeah, I, have... I do that. I do that with um, Apple Music. They don't have any, you know, well, very, I bet, bet, I haven't asked them actually, but I bet they don't own any proper CDs or albums or anything. It's just all streamed. Yeah, probably. Because I, yeah. um, I've got, a, I think my phone, I think it's got 128 gig memory. I don't even know anymore. I, that's how much you don't use it. And I could I could download from iTunes or whatever, which albums I've got on my computer, which I've uploaded from my CDs. I could put them on there if I wanted to and just play the albums. But why bother when you can just get it off a cloud instantly? Mm. You don't even have to bother ripping music from you know CDs or whatever and putting it on. You must well just get it from the cloud. And it's, it's yeah. a minimal price a month. I don't think it's a lot. £6 a month or something? It's not a lot. Mm. And it's fine. But the only thing is, you don't get as good quality on the downloads. I think you've got to pay more, especially on Spotify, to get the better quality. Because I was listening to my actual iPod, my physical iPod a little while ago, and I was thinking, the quality of this music is so much better than, than Apple Music. It's because I'd, right. I'd, I'd ripped it at a higher bit rate. I ripped it at 320. And I think it's 128 on Apple Music. Oh, God. You, you don't really notice when you're listening to it, but when you hear something that's been ripped at a higher rate, 
you really notice it. I was like, Jesus, this is really different. Mm. Oh. Mm. But anyway, yeah, I'm, that's, I'm not going to. That's gonna, the way it could go. I think. I'm not going to bother with it. I mean, I don't need to. No. Uh, I, I don't really play. Well, you know, I've got a Switch and I quite like it, but I don't play it as much as I'd like to just because of time. Is there any reason? Yeah. And I'm not bothered about the other consoles. I'm just happy with my arcade machines. I'm an old fuddery duddery. That's why arcade games are perfect. Yes, Ten they minutes, are. 20 minute games, switch it off and go to bed. Boff, have, back in the have, house. Have a cup of cocoa, go to bed with slippers on. But you go to bed not with in, your slippers on? No, not with slippers on. You're weird, Holly. I sometimes go to bed with my socks on because my feet get cold. It's because you're old. Yeah. Is that what happens? Yeah. In a few years, and I could be putting gloves on as well. And, and a body <laughs> stocking. Yeah. <laughs> what a thought. Recent pickups. Anyway, I've been buying some stuff. Yeah, go on. First one I bought was my Creality Ender 3 3D printer, my new printy print. That's a great name, Creality Ender. Yeah, weird, isn't it? Yeah. I made a bendy dinosaur with it. Ooh. I showed you earlier. It's a Skellington dinosaur. It's awesome. I also made a coffee spoon. Yeah. I lost my coffee spoon, the one that you put the, the, the coffee... What's the stuff called again? The grit. Beans. The the ground beans into your granules. coffee machine. Yeah, to make the thing. No, not granules, not instant rubbish, proper copy, coffee. But I lost the actual serving spoon thing, so I made a new one. Uh, a Dachshund and a Sugar Skull cookie cutter. I made them as well. <laughs> and, and I made a few mods to the actual printer. I made some fan covers for the printer and some other bits and bobs. Because most printers need a bit of fiddling with you get when you get them anyway, so I've been messing around with that. But I'm going to plan some arcade stuff with it soon. Absolutely. Make some actual things I'm going to actually use. Do you know our fictional 80s band, Resistor Array, from last time? Are they on tour? That This could be their difficult third album, Creality Ender by Resistor Array. Could well be. Could be. Or we'll have to change the change the change it a bit because of copyright. Reality Ender. Uh, Reality Ender. Yeah. By Resistor by Resistor Array. Yeah, absolutely. They, they've had a weird, They've gone a bit weird off of the new romantic eighties sure. synth pop, and sure. they've gone into gla- They've gone back into glam rock. How weird is that? Sure. You're yeah. in the band, so yes, they've gone a bit weird. Yeah, we're gonna have to do some music, aren't we? Oh God, really? Ten pence orchestra is gonna have to make a return. <laughs> no, as resistor array. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've also been sent a small Dell PC for vertical groovy mame setup from Mr. Chunksin, but I haven't even got it out of the box yet. That's what busy He's awesome. Been. He is awesome. But I haven't even got it out of the box yet. Hopefully. I've got to pick something up on Thursday, which I'm gonna tell you about in a minute. And I might get to do that Friday, set me vertical mame up, because I really want to play some vertical games on the ponies again. Been missing Pony. that badly, missing it. Well, I've been given more biscuits. Yeah, I've got one more um, pickup, which I shall do after after you tell me about your biscuits. Yes, I saw Alan Delta Lima at the club again. He comes over; he's from he's Irish, so he comes over from Ireland. Strange enough, I yeah. kids. and I've got there's a lot of crinkling going on there. Four packs of biscuits, two for me and two for me. No, no, actually, no. He knows I nick them, so he's gaffer taped them up. 
but this is one I haven't eaten yet. It's East Coast Bakehouse. Right. Chocolate enrobed. Chocolate enrobed. Ooh, enrobed in chocolate. Milk chocolate chunk cookies, and it's made with pure Irish butter, baked in Ireland. Ooh. And I've had one pack. I had one pack almost all of it. I couldn't help Instantly. myself. Yeah, but it's really nice. I like. They are very buttery. They're not not exactly cookie buttery, but they're nice. I'll Ooh. put them down there, kids. Look, there you go. Next to the IPA stash. And the other one, the more, most important pickup I've had. I've bought another Isis cab. Oh, I wondered why you sent that meme. Yeah. I've bought my eighth sub-electro Isis cabaret. So it's, you haven't got the seventh one yet? No, that's coming to Revival via John Budd from Scotland in June. And number eight, I'm going to pick up from London on Thursday. Londinium. Yes, it's in the centre of London at um, this guy's office, apparently. Yeah, number eight. And he's dressed it up as a Galaxian machine. It's got Galaxian, I think a Galaxian bootleg in it. It was originally a scramble, and he's actually got a Galaxian control panel made for it. It looks quite neat. So I'm not sure if I'll put... I might leave it as it is and put my macro multi-Galaxian board in there, the one that plays loads of different games. Mm. So I might leave it yeah. as that and, and have a Galaxian marquee made up and, and a, a screen bezel made up for it. I'm not sure yet. But I'm not no. sure also where I'm going to put it. I don't quite think I can get eight in my garage. Yeah. It's going to be difficult getting them all in. And I really, 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 really can't have any more. You can extend... Extended garage into your front room. That'd be that'd be knocking a hole in the wall, and then when my computer is, I'll have to move it. So I don't think that's feasible. Mm. I do like those cabs, though. They look really nice in a big long line. I need to get them all done, all finished as well. Rather than buying more, I need to fix the ones I've already got and make sure they're all they all work, but they're not mm. all themed, finished, themed yet. So I'm going to do that soon. So good. Number eight. Alan Delta Lima has also said, I can't believe two biscuit experts like yourselves have never tried Toffee Pops. Never heard Wouldn't of them. Have... Is it no, an yeah, Irish thing? Might be. Might be then. Don't know. Have you had a Toffee Pop? <laughs> would you like a Toffee Pop? I would Cup love one. Cup of tea. With some nice tea. Listener feedback. Right, feedback. Not a lot this time. It's been a quiet week, quite a couple of weeks for, for news and feedback. Is that because and... everyone hates Popeye, do you think? Could be. Mm. Anyway, GJ Harris. GJ. Bobby, your dad's bet half. I sent us a picture of some 360 shooting ups, Xbox 360. He said, I know you like a good old schmuck, Mr. Holly, then Xbox 360 is the place to be. I have this tidy lot in my collection, which are getting expensive now to get hold of. I know I know you always mention cave stuff, though I thought you'd like these. I'm missing a couple. And he also sent us a pic of, picture of Giggity Wing instead of Giggity Wing. Giggity Wing. You know, who's the guy that does Giggity? That's Quagmire from. Family Guy. That's giggly, it. Giggly, giggly. That's it. Giggly here. Yeah. Uh, you've got an Xbox 360, haven't you? Yeah. I found one the other day in the loft. I'm not sure it works or not. I used to have mm. like, I had about three of them at one point. I'll have to try it out see if it works. There were some good, really good shoot 'em ups on the 360, actually. I had some of them. Yeah, I've I've still playing through the arcade ones. I'll probably get get to them in like 2026, 2027, something like that. Mm. 
Deadlock says, thanks for the compliment in saying I was probably younger than you both, as I'd never heard of Toffee Pops. Uh, I'll be 46 in August, he says. Mm-hmm. So he is younger than us then? No, I'm 45. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 46 oh, this year. Bless. Oh. <laughs> Paul Dobson, great episode, guys. Thanks, Paul. Andrew Hannay, he was live from the M4 last Saturday, and he was following a big bus which had a space invader on the back. And it says, don't be a space invader, stay back. My car's got a little space invader on the back. I made that up M4 bit. But since I've seen, since he's put a picture of that space invader on the back of that bus, I've seen another one, a little car sticker, saying, don't be a space invader, stay back. All right, mine's just a little space invader in the back window. It's nothing, didn't say anything, though. Bobby Idod, just putting this here in case I need to find it again. And this was a link to Richard Broadhurst's games on the BBC Micro, which are mm. awesome. Richard sent me, ages ago, he sent me his version of Scramble he was doing for the BBC B. And mm. it's nigh on, spot on, arcade perfect. And I haven't managed to put it on my damn BBC. I'm looking at it. It's on. It's right down there. Can you see it down there in that little cubby mm. hole? And I haven't put it on the, the memory card yet to play it, and I really want to. Same as... Chris Parsons has nearly finished his cowboy game, Frontier. It's going to be called Frontier. And it's sort of a cross between uh, outlaw, kind of sheriff, kind of... You know, there's old, the old, old cowboy games. And it looks really, mm. really cool. And it's coming out soon. I've already paid for my copy of it. Because he's doing a proper cartridge release with the box and overlay and everything for the Vectrex. And I'm going to buy it. I've, well, I've already paid for it, so I'm just waiting for it now. Oh, that's good. So, But Chris was sending me um, beta versions of it to check, to test. And I just never had the time to put it on my cartridge and try it. Useless, mm. lazy fail. That's what I am. It's t- Yeah, you have so much time and so many games. Uh, sorry, wrong way. You have so little time, so many games. You have to you have to pick what you play, I think. Now, We've got to do you? this silly podcast as well, and that takes a bit of time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's just time, isn't it? But mm. because I've already paid for the Frontier game, I'm going to have to play it when I get it. Can't wait. Mm. If anyone else has got a Vectrex, get onto Vector Republic and get your previews in right now. Mm, the overlay looks really cool. It's very nice. Mm, it is really good design, that. Anyway, we have comments from Pearl, last last time's winner on Giggity Wing. He's put, I should mention, two-player shot damage is like only 5% higher because we're saying he played two-player bit. But as a result, it makes scoring harder to execute. So it's probably not, unless you hit at Pearl's level, it's probably not mm. a, a bonus to use player two. Anyways, but love the podcast episode. I do I do have a correction though. There is actually an extend, an extra life in Giga Wing. Oh. But you have you have to have zero lives for it to appear. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So we didn't know that. Talking about two player shots, when I was setting up the Ten Pence arcade podcast experience on my cab with all the games we used to play I had a quick game of Ryden, t- Ryden 2. I thought, oh, I remember the second player on Ryden 2 is supposed to have an advantage over player 1. So I play- started a two-player game. But on that, you play two players on the screen at the same time. And because my cab it's in has only got one set of controls, what I had to do is make two players, the second player's controls, the same as one player. So yeah. what I was doing was controlling both craft at the same time. Mm. So essentially, I had double the firepower. Because I'm moving, I'm moving both together, 
to the side of the screen. I was moving around. It was a lot of fun. It's cheating, obviously, but it's a lot of fun using two craft at once. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's quite good. Ooh. We've got, yeah, 10 pence has appeared on a new Walter Day card. Or well, sort so of. Yeah. Tagston was, when the Kong Off 2, the Australian Kong Off 2, was completed or sometime during it, Walter Day, has, or somebody, has taken a photo of all the contestants and it's on a Walter Day card superstars of 2019 but sort of sort of in the middle to the left is Tagster wearing a 10 pence t-shirt yeah you say contestants I say reprobates reprobates yes Ooh, Donkey Kong reprobates Ooh. So yeah there he was flying the flag for us well done thanks Tagster friendly shout outs I can shout out to the guy. I won't mention his name, just in case he doesn't want to be be known. Selling me the ISIS. I also want to shout out to Rich Chunkson for the help he's been giving us. Excellent help with the new Windows 7 read-only thingy. And I also want to shout out to the 3D printing heroes on my WhatsApp group. They know who they are. <laughs> I want to shout out to some people that I know and are friends. Oh, how about, how about that? Yeah. And, and family. I think we need to find some more shout-outs for people, actually. Yeah, I forgot about shout-outs. I haven't, I haven't seen arcade people for a little while now. The last time I saw arcade people was at Chris Parsons' meet. But I need to go and visit a few people and hassle them a bit more, I think. Yeah, that's what I need to do. Can we do shout-outs to inanimate objects and food and that, or is that...? Can do. I want, shout, to... I want to shout out to my 3D printer. Yay! I want to shout out to biscuits. biscuits. Irish biscuits. Yay, get in. Ooh. Arcade Master Quiz. Brainbeard Holly quizzes Gothmeister Marland. <laughs> That's quite accurate. It is, isn't it? Right. These, uh, you've got to beat 8 out of 10. Okay, right, hit me with your quizzy quizness. I reckon these are sort of medium difficulty. I should get so, ten then, surely. I'll give you give it a go, won't you? Mm-hmm. So your your name? Victor Marland. Your chosen subject. Arcade games nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty nine. Oh. Can you not say nineteen eighty two? Ninety two. Yes. So your chosen subject, you have seventy eight years to to Answer the following. Number one, true, this start off with a true or false question. True or false, Drift Out 94, The Hard Order, was the first sequel to Visco's Drift Out. True or false? False. No, it's true. It was Ooh, the first sequel. I thought it was a Drift Out 2. Because I got confused with Mil Miglia. There is one and two of that. Yeah. <sighs> Number two, what type of game is Atlas's 1993 game, Power Instinct? Fighting game. It is. One-on-one fighter. Next one. G-Lock Air Battle is a sequel to which game? Ooh. Uh, G-Lock. Yeah. It was the one in the in the, in the the R360, wasn't it? It wasn't. Uh, it's not Afterburner. It um, is. Ooh, Afterburner. Yeah. Okay, because there's an Afterburner 2. Yeah, well, it's, well they, were, they were the same, weren't they? After Burner, after Burner Two, I don't think they're in the same cab almost. Mm. What year 
this is a, this is a year question. Was the first Gowls Panic released? What year? Ninety two. Oh, 90. Oh, you swine. <laughs> GP Rider is a 1990 motorcycle racing game developed by what company? Namco. GP... Sega. Ooh. Perhaps he's a bit harder than the thought. Yeah. And what, what type of hardware was Bally Midway's Satan Hollow made? Satan's Hollow, sorry. Oh, uh, I've forgotten the name of the hardware. Uh, same as Tron and all that lot. Damn it, yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Gonna have to rush you. No? <laughs> rush me. <laughs> MCR2. Oh, for... <laughs> <laughs> what is the control method of method of Taito's 1981 game Space Dungeon? What control method? Spinner. No, Space Dungeon. Two twin sticks. Oh, is it? Yeah, do you not know that one? No, never played Ooh, it. I thought, I thought we'd talk about that. What is the full name of the 1992 Capcom shooter Varth? It's called Operation Summit. Oh, it's got two names, doesn't it? Um, Varth Operation something. Operation Th- Thunderbollocks. Yeah, that'll do. Thunderstorm. I thought it was something like that. Yeah, that was better, your one. You should get this one. What is the first ever video arcade game produced by Capcom? Ooh. Hmm. Is it Volgus? Yay! Thought it was. Four out of ten. Name the Cap... Uh, and, for the last question, the Capcom name is a portmanteau of what two words? Capcom. Capsule computers. Yay! Five out of ten. Not too bad. Ooh. It's not eight, though, is it? Not eight. Poop. You know what I got? Poop. I'm winning. I don't know anything about Sega sprite scaling games or the racing games, basically. So you got me on those. There is quite a few of them, you know. Like there's there's one called is it Riding Hero or Racing Hero? There's a few that that never that you know. Obviously, they weren't as good as like the Power Drifts and the Outruns. Did they do they're... Manx TT as well? Or was that a different company? Yes, it was by Sega. Released in 1995. I think they did, didn't they? I don't know if that's sprite scaling or not. They all sort of blur into one with me because I never really took much notice of the racing games, motorbike or car. Mm. Mm. Feature game review. The featured game review, uh, which Retro Asylum are also running this month or last month. So go and listen to them as well. Right, this is Popeye by Nintendo Nintendo 1982. It was produced by Genyo Takeda and designed by Shigeru Miyamoto. These guys already worked on Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Sheriff, Radar Scope and Space Fiber. They're all pretty much classics, actually. Uh, it was licensed to Atari for UK and Irish distribution, which is really odd. So I, don't think, I don't think Nintendo licensed any of their games to anyone else, really, at that time. So it was a bit of an odd one, that. The PCB uses the Z80 CPU at 4 MHz, and our favourite sound chip, the Yamaha AY38910, which is in loads of arcade machines. Add a four-way joystick and one button for punch. Punch. This is a simple platform game with only three levels. I always thought it had four, like Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. Me too, I did. Only three, yeah. You must collect items that are thrown out from the top level by your love, olive oil. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you do a much better Popeye than me. 
Avoid being grabbed by Brutus at all costs, otherwise you'll lose one of your three lives, also known as Bluto. Yeah, why? Was it different regions or something? I'm not sure, because I was reading some places said Brutus, and then when I was reading actually about Popeye, the original cartoon, it was Bluto. So yeah, mm. avoid being hit by or grabbed by Brutus or costs. Um, being hit by beer bottles, skulls, or the hate beak evil owl will also kill you. It's probably a vulture. Come to think of it, if any of the items that Olive throws out get to the bottom of the screen and actually sink into the water, you also lose a life. When the items are very close and about to cost you a life, they will they makes a distinctive alarm noise to alert you. So go and get them quick. Yeah. Level one. I call this bucket eat. Bluto is spurned by Olive at the top of the screen. She lobs out human hearts at some sort of macabre ritual for Popeye and asks him to catch them still beating hearts, bloody and pulpy. I wonder where she's getting them from. I don't know. Ripping them out of people's chests, maybe. Bluto is obviously annoyed. We've all been there, right, guys? Yeah, you're you're walking down the street, your girlfriend is ripping people's hearts out, throwing them... Throw them to another geezer and you want them hearts. Absolutely. <laughs> you have four levels you can move around on, accessed by stairs to the left and right of the screen on all levels. In addition, this level three to level two has a ladder for quick descent, but you cannot climb back up to level three from there. But you can on another version of Popeye. On the left-hand side of the screen, alternating on levels two and three, is a can of spinach. And as anyone knows, when Popeye eats his spinach... He immediately gets all leery and can punch Bluto right in the chops and knock him off the screen onto his tits. <laughs> well, whatever. Big points for doing this, and any hearts you grab in this temporary tough period of time gains you more points than normal. Of course, Bluto comes back pretty quick. He climbs up the water that you've unceremoniously punched him into and gives chase again. He will try and grab Popeye if he is below him or even jump up to grab him. Sometimes he even jumps down a whole level to get at you. Or two levels. Or two levels. If you get close to him on a level, he chucks four bottles at you. These are the same bottles the old sea hags lob when they appear on each level. Just punch them to stop them glassing you to death. On the very top level, you can even use the through sign to go up the left or right of the screen and morph back onto the other side. Good for grabbing up hearts. The higher you grab the hearts, the more points they are worth. Grab 24 on this level to complete it. One last bit of Bluto trolling you can do is to punch the punch bag on the top right level, which in turn unsettles a bucket and it will fall. If you can time it properly, you can land it on poor old Bluto's head for bonus points. The lower he is on the screen, the more bonus points you get. Mm, right, yeah, yeah. Level 2, on Das Streets. This is the same four levels as the first, but this time split up with ladders, gaps and steps. Olive is lobbing out 16 musical notes from her daft harp. There is also a seesaw at the bottom with old Wimpy noshing on a burger. If you leap onto this from the second level up, it boings you back to the top, with you catching hold of a level that the baby Sweet Pea is sitting on. This gains you 500 points. Is he called Wimpy, is he the guy? Yeah. All right. That may be where the old uh, chain of burger joints from the UK comes from. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah, because yeah, Popeye is dead old. He gets you 500 points when you grab hold of that, uh, 1,000 when Popeye is off his it's on spinach <laughs> you get the same through sign on level 3 one of the disadvantage of this level is you can only go up level 3 from 2 via the steps and they're only on the right hand side of the level however the ladders are the full size this time so you can go up and down them spinach on the right hand side on the steps again so you can break Bluto's face with a five fingered death punch 
but no buckets drop on his bearded heed. When you have all the notes, a little tune is played out on the night sky by a badly drawn moon. If you are a moon, then you don't have a mirror, so you have to, if you want to see your face, you've got to have a little look in the rivers. And the level is one. The old sea hags appear on this level too. Mm. Level three, Hate Beat Galleon. Oh, that's a good name. Did you make that up, Vic? Yeah. Hate Beat Galleon. The Resistor Array did Hate Beat Galleon. It's a 20-minute rock opera when they did the, the, the throwback album uh, with, a, with a nine-minute drum solo, and it's all about <laughs> Hate Beaks. Sorry, Vic, carry all, on. all they do is just go on about beaks. They just shriek about beaks. Yeah. Shrieking, yeah, shrieking. This is the third and final level before you loop the game. And it's on a big boot. Boot. That's how Canadians say boat. A boot. Sounds like Yorkshire to me. A boot. Get oh, on, no. boot. Anyway. Olive has been grabbed by the pants by an evil hate beak and perched on the top sail of the galleon. She is shouting, Help! From atop the boat, and the, lever, the letters H, E, L, and P are what you must collect. It's a bit trippy, right? Mm. Same four levels as the other levels, split up with gaps, steps, and ladders. The top level now has a movable platform allowing you to get across the gap, as well as a stupid bluter trying to grab you. The nasty hate beak is flapping its feathers butt around, swooping down it with its sharpened hate beak. Fortunately, you can punch it right in its idiot face for a cool thousand points. Spinach appears on the right-hand side, alternating from level two and three steps. When the blocky boat level is done, you get an animoid Popeye tooting on his crack pipe. Boop, boop. <laughs> After you've looped the game, one of the sea hags is permanently on the screen, on levels one and two only, lobbing skeleton heads at you, which bounce around the levels usually following you. You can punch them in yeah. defence, though. Only one sea hag appears to lob the bottles now, rather on on both sides. So you get one at the top, and then one just comes on either side. So tips and secrets on this game. Um, try and get the items Olive chucks out as high as possible for more points. Get the bucket on Bluto's head when he is on the bottom level for maximum point bonus. You get 4,000 points if you get him at the bottom. So what I found the best thing to do is you get the spinach, you knock him out, rush up to the top of the level, and as he climbs out the bottom, just as he goes underneath you and you're on the right-hand side at the top, Jump against the pu- the punch bag, hit the punch bag, and you'll get him right at the bottom with the barrel or the the bucket, and you get maximum points, four thousand points for doing that. I was doing the every every time I played it, I was doing the three thousand points. I used to routine. I thought oh, I can definitely get that three thousand points. So I did that every every time I did the first level. Well, when you, you, know, when you knock him in, he comes up the right hand side at the bottom, the very bottom, and as he walks across, just as he gets underneath you, jump against and punch the punch bag, and you get him every single time. It's really easy. Time getting the spinach for when Blue is coming at you so he can't get away. Because when as soon as you get the spinach, he runs away. So the best mm. thing to do is, as he's coming towards you up a ladder, get him. Because he can't go back down a ladder, or, sorry, up some steps. He can't go down him when he's halfway up, and he's got to get to the top and then go back down him again. So if you get him and you're waiting from the top, as soon as he touches you, he gets knocked out. Punch as many hate bigs as possible on level three. They deserve it, and you get 1,000 points each for those. Always use the spinach to get Bluto for points and a few seconds respite while he clambers back onto the screen. So it gives you a bit of a time. And everything on the screen stops moving as well. So you can go and hoover up all the hearts, all the, all the musical notes as well. Yeah, you can, you can get the stuff that's like flashing at the bottom, can you? You can use that. Yeah, you can use that. Just, 
just in case you you know you're gonna die because you've run out of time to collect them. Yeah. Um, the graphics and sound—they are a similar vein to Skyskipper, don't you reckon? I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, the background graphics are really, really blocky and very simply coloured, but the sprites are much more detailed and look pretty good. Mm. All the characters are obviously recognisable from the King Features Syndicate cartoon. Uh, tunes are similar sound to Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior. Very yeah. simple, but do the job of an early eighties arcade game quite nicely. Yeah, it's all right. Now, the cabinet art on this is absolutely glorious. It's uh, an awesome Nintendo classic game, same as Radar Scope, Donkey Kong, Shape Cab. Often came in light blue, this one. I suppose it could come in all colours, but normally in light blue. Factory conversions, orange and I believe red as well, which would be a Radar Scope conversion. Uh, lovely art package on these classic Nintendo cabs. It looks ace next to the others in the same stable. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Mario Brothers, etc. It looks really nice in those lineups. I think that's a massive reason people collect it, because I, I don't rate the game at all, but the cab is gorgeous, and together they look great. They yeah, really do. same as Mario Brothers for me as well. I don't like that game at all. But when mm. it's in the same lineup as those cabinets, and they're all slightly different colours, you get the blue, the red... Um, and the orange together and if you've got an R-type which is a slightly different cabinet but it's in black mm. they look really nice and you get the wide body as well they look quite nice together so the trivia on this game is um, Popeye was supposed to have been everyone knows this Popeye was supposed to have been the main theme for Donkey Kong because the idea yeah. was is, is Bluto was at the top of the screen lobbing stuff down and you were Popeye but they didn't get the license at the time from King Features, so a monkey and a carpenter were used instead. The Atari Island cab of Popeye looks just like a Euro Time Pilot, and it's incredibly rare. I've never seen one in the flesh. I've only ever seen pictures of one on a flyer. I presume they were made for the Irish and UK markets, but it's weird that nobody's got one. No one has got one of these cabs. I wonder if they were converted to something different. Time Pilot. <laughs> what year was Time Pilot, though? 82? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, one. It was before this, kind of. But what was this, 82 or 83? 82. But the thing is, it's in a horizontal screen, because um, Popeye is horizontally mounted, whereas mm. other games in that cabinet were vertical. So I'm not sure how, what they've done with it. It's really weird there's none of these cabs around. There's none anywhere, and they're really, really sought after. I don't think anyone in Europe's got one either, as far as I know. Mm, weird. Uh, Popper was first seen in 1929 in a comic strip Thimble Theatre and was a creation by Elsie Chrysler Seagar. Popeye was only made into cartoon movie shorts in 1933. Now, the legend Robin Williams famously played Popeye in the live-action movie in 1980. Mm, I remember watching it as a kid, enjoying it, because you, you like the bit where he, he was getting... It was getting beaten on all episode by Brutus, Bluto, whatever, and and he just wanted he just wanted him to get his revenge, and all of a sudden he got his spinach and his little muscles come up like man. Now look at the muscles of it. Is it impressive then? Not really. They're all right. No, that one's not very no. good. Anyway, no. But yeah, he, then he got after Brutus and he kicked his head in, and there were blood and guts and hearts flying out and <laughs> letters. Letters coming what out. What is it with olive oil and these hearts? Still beating dead hearts. Poitin sequels. Yeah, the original, the original version we were playing was Vision D, is it or E? 
D, I think. So there was a, a Revision F release in the arcade as well. Have you seen that? Have you played it? I don't think so. Right, Revision F is an easier version of it. Uh, and the first thing I, I recognised that I noticed was different is the ladder in the middle of the first level goes all the way down to the, the, the lower level. So you can go up and down it in the middle. Whereas on the original oh. version, you can only go down it and you've got to use the steps to get back up again, which makes it and quite a you, bit easier. Yeah. Once you get on it, you can't stop. You've got to complete the movement, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. And also, you can distinguish revision F from the other ones because the the screen in the background on the first level is bright pink. Oh, It's right. like a no, pinky magenta colour rather than black. It looks really weird. I'm not sure why they did that. Maybe just, just to distinguish it from the differences. I don't know. But yeah, it's a quite a bit easier version. Let's have some scores. Oh, look who's won. Oh, dear. Right. I was watching <laughs> a video to get some hints of this game, and someone was getting two million points on it. Oh, God. But it didn't help me at all. So, right at the bottom, uh, let me just find out my score before we go on any further. Uh, I got a picture of it. I took a picture the other night when I did it. I don't know if you've beat me or not. You probably have. Mm, I, don't, I doubt it. I didn't do that well. Where's your score? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> exactly. Right, Benson Rad, listener number four. Only managed to get 6,000 points. Had four goes on Popeye and a very lame score of 6,000 points. Andrew Hannay, 10,650. A little frustrating in this game, to say the least, Andrew. Oh, look who's right down the bottom here. He's never done the bottom. Chris Mooncrest, a bootleg. 14,060. Unplayable without a four-way. Deserves to be converted to Sky Skipper. Ooh, and they I... were. Back in the day... It was the other way around, actually. They used to get Skyskipper boards and convert them into Popeye cocktail boards. That's the two boards Alex found were already converted into Popeye for cocktail version. Paul McCaskey, 15.030. Not keen on this. It's too hard for me. The only good bits is when you eat the spinach and get to hit Brutus. Uh, Rob Carpenter, 16... Oh, no, sorry. Before that, Ed Horse, 16.030. And he had a quick go. Mm. Rob Carpenter, 16,500. Besides receiving numerous punches up Jaxie and having an awful, awful teeth to spinach ratio, I do like the game and love the cabinet. Nice. Andrew Driver, 18,580. Struggling to play on a JXD, which is a little handheld thingy with a thumbstick. Yeah, you would. You need a four way for this game. You really need a four way. Yeah, you do, yeah. Michael Vortman, 2420. Too many stairs for an old man. Matthew Bridge, 21,030. He struggled with this one. Yeah. Mark insert many coins, 24,650. First crack at this one, definitely room for improvement. Exploding Pinball Man, 26,510. Blow me down, I'm all red in the face from a performance-enhancing spinach fix. Jason Rayner, 28,640. Going to be honest, hope I don't have to play this game again, ha-ha. I hate Bluto. I we all... Agree with that. Alan Delta Lima, 32,680. First game of Popeye Arcade Club, 32,680. I was there when he got that. Well done, Alan. Tactical Giles, 36,280. Didn't like it at all at first, but it's grown on me a bit. Mark Tillander, 36,780. Matt NeoMK, 37,200. Starting to like it, but eight-way errors became a pain. Got the Nintendo cute factor, though. May return occasionally, but doubt it. Button mashing fun, 37,530. 
I am what I am, but I would very much like to find a shy man with a light tan who drives an old van to throw this game over the Hoover Dam. Not really. Just on a Dr. Seuss kick. But the sprites in this game are pretty stellar for 1982. They are. They are good, yeah. Jeremy Riley, 41980. Popeye sounds and plays like a game and watch game. Yeah, kind mm, of. Yeah, I get yeah, that. You could see it in a game and watch. Although I've put in some time to it and learned some of the subtleties of the strategies, I regularly succumb to cheap deaths as Brutus goes from being thick as two short planks and devilishly Machiavellian as quick as I can say, I am what I am, and that's all that I am. Uh, there was a Popeye game and watch, but it plays differently to this. There was one. Because Nintendo did a lot of that with arcade games. They made game and watches just to use a name, I think, but quite different. Right. Bill Wellham, 43,440. Back in the day, I always avoided this due to my inept Sailor Man skills. Having played it quite a bit this month, I've become quite fond of it. Quite advanced for 1982, all things considered. Struggles with eight-way stick, though. Good choice, lads. Put it on four-way, people. Come on. Change yeah, your gate I over. On, I did on mine, but my cab kept crashing. It kept just booting out of the game. I really? Thought, right. Yeah, so I had to play it on my keyboard. On my keyboard, I suppose I could have set up another. I could have set up my old Hori stick and a screen, but I just played it on my keyboard on my laptop, yeah. and I got forty-five thousand and thirty. I played it until I looped it, and I never want to play it again. Do you know what so, you get for that? Go on. You get a little, <laughs> a little hoot. It's just so frustrating that like the spinach disappearing when you get to it, and then you trap like. Brutus or whatever he's called jumping down I just did not find it fun at all I am never touching this game again sorry lads I just do not like it I had to loop it so I did and then left it Neil 20 to 5 beat you 45,330 by 300 points I want to love this really I do but harumph and next is me oh you get 48,480 oh you beat me then you must have must have looped it then. I did loop it, yeah. Tronads was getting 60,000 before the end of the first loop, you know. Oh. Because I know you can get a lot of points um, on the third level by hitting the hate beak quite a lot. You get 1,000 points each for that. You just stay at the top hitting the hate beak. Mm. But it's it's easier said than done, that bit. Yeah. Anyway, Sal Bug, 48, 770. Love this game, but I really suck at it. Well, you suck less than me because you beat me. Here's Jimmy, 52,240. Once you tune into the AI mechanics of Brutus, you can start to predict where he will go and what it will do, and the game becomes a lot more fun. Thumbs up from me. Yeah, you can kind of steer him, I think. You can make him... If you keep weaving left and right above him, he will never go up the ladder to get you. There's some there's some way to stop him yeah. rising up the ladder to get you or the stairs or whatever, but I couldn't be bothered to learn it because it's pants. Anyway, Brian Haribo, 52480. He's Popeye the Sailor Man. He gets stuck trying to get up and get down ladders and waiting for the animations to finish. He's slightly un- irritating. He's Popeye the Sailor Man. Oh, I should have sung that. Sorry, It didn't go it. quite as well as the song, did it, that bit? Sean, stop. Stop. I'll just see if it fits in. Ah, Sol, 55,990, and he adopts the drunken sailor voice. It's all I can stand. It's all I can stand anymore. (laughs) Ian Cullen. Ian Cullen doesn't normally leave a comment. He just puts a score and then then leaves like a cool guy but this time 63 150 is put that's the best i can do at this so he has put a comment and thanks pearl 
It's probably been playing on the keyboard because he's a maniac. 63,340. I haven't played this game in maybe 14 years. It's very weird to play now. Round five, you got to. Oh, deadlock. 63,360. I've been playing this for the Retro Asylum Game Club. We were, we were, we've got the scores for them as well. Uh, on last month, it's really hard and unforgiving. It looks like it looks very good for a 1982 game, though. Mark, what no gravy? Still hasn't got any gravy. Sixty-four thousand two hundred forty. A bit frustrated by his automatic jump at the end of platforms, but enjoying this one. Top pick. Pixel Advocate Podcast sixty-nine two hundred. This game is pretty maddening, but I dig it. Evoga's got a bit of a jump on there, 76,280. Now, this is a good game, which I wish I was competent at. It could easily have been turned into a Goonies game. Hmm. Mm. Have you played Goonies on the Versus hardware? No. It was in Pixel Blast. Did you see it? I no, think I you were playing. Think I, did. I think you were playing Phoenix. Do you remember you were trying to get a high score on Phoenix when we went? Yeah, it's with buttons. And- so it's weird playing with buttons. And it was round the back, and I quite like it actually. Oh, it I, thought, I love that. A, I don't know if it was a, a like a mocked up cab. I don't. I don't think it was ever dedicated, but it was. Yeah, Goonies game. It would have a been platform. in a normal Nintendo cab in a Versus, I expect. Yeah, it's nice. Hmm. Anyway, Charlie Farr. He's not one. He's put seventy six five seventy. He's got. Still don't like it. Next game, please. Uh, ZX Michael was beat Charlie Farr. Wow. 77,960. Bit of a game of watch field to it, and I'm really enjoying it. 8 out of 10 for me. Ben Granville, 84,800. I have lots of fond memories of this one because they had this and Donkey Kong 3 at the corner store when I was a kid. Ooh. Right, Chris Plus Plus. 92,770. He's got a good score. Uh, Chris first saw this game on an American game show called Starcade, which had contestants competing for high scores with stupidly brief time limits, a minute a game, he thinks. Mm. When I actually played it at Chuck E. Cheese, I didn't like it at first because I was accustomed to Donkey Kong and wanted a jump button. I soon realised that jumping would make the game far too easy and that the brilliance of the game really lies in planning your route around Brutus until round seven, that is, when it just goes silly. My first order of business is always to knock the bucket onto Brutus's head, which as a kid I thought was a cake. I will start the game over if I don't time it correctly to whack him on the head with that bucket cake. It's not because I care about extra ones, I just want to hurt him. Anyway, great pick, Victor. And number one, for the first time this year, Mr. Trollnads, 123,920, as witnessed at Arcade Club. There was about four of us stood around him, and I reckon he could, I think he can, I think he can get 250,000 he used to. But yeah, he made it look easy, so I went home thinking, oh, I could get a good, quick 80,000, and just ended up swearing for the next two days. Yeah, I've got more to sell on that, actually. Um, the Retro Asylum score, we just do a few of these. Um, someone called Ultra Steve has got the highest on 117,000. He hasn't even beaten our troll lads, has he? And There's a lot, a lot who, of good other players. Who there, else yeah. do I know on there? Uh, Deadlock's on there with his score, same as ours. Dean Swain, one of the Retro Asylums, 49,150. Beat me, you swine. Ooh! Ooh! <laughs> yeah, they, they, it was just coincidence, I think. They do this, the game, they call it a game club, and they do it for a month. Mm-hmm. And this, so this podcast, the Popeye podcast, is out today as we re- recorded this on the Tuesday. So I've just, I'm not all the way through it yet, but they've gone really deep into the game mechanics. Oh, dear. And yeah, so check that out, kids. But yeah, there's like load of players there. I think their next one is Donkey Kong, but on the Game Boy, the one with the extra levels. Oh yeah, it's a good game that. It's, it's more, it's more, one. it's more like a puzzle game that. 
Because when you do the first normal four levels, I remember having that on the Game Boy. I think I've still got it upstairs. You do the normal four levels, and then it sort of continues with lots of other levels, but they're almost like a puzzle game. You've got to sort of work out where to jump and how to get to the top. It's a good game. It's very good. Right, would you like to have your little baby cry about this game? Because I know you didn't like it. I found this to be a a very incredibly frustrating game. No fun to play whatsoever. (laughs) Never touching it again. It's just lots of little bits added up to something that wasn't fun. I I like the graphics. I like the punching action of Popeye. I thought that was pretty cool. That had a good feel to it, the actual punching action. Can you see on the webcam, Vic Ongdimson punching that? You look like you're having some sort of fit. I probably am. But yeah, I didn't like it. I just, I just no. There's a reason it's, it's not a classic, is it? No. It's not like Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Junior. It's just nowhere near up there. Right for me, I thought I said earlier. I thought it had four levels, which would have made it better, like Donkey Kong and Junior. And I think when you do a review of this game, you've always got that in your mind: Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior. Before this, right? Mm. Um. So why they'd want to make a lesser game after those two hits is beyond me. I'm guessing they I'm guessing they just resurrected the original Donkey Kong game, which they always already had programmed, and they'd made before they got the license. So maybe this was before mm. Donkey Kong. So the biggest effalump in the room is the ability to punch, uh, not actually a lot to, to hit, really, and no damn jump button. That's the biggest thing everyone keeps saying, no jump button for this. Mm. So... It just seems to be, when you can learn how to play this game properly, and I was watching a video of someone playing it really, really well, and I couldn't do as well as they could, obviously, but it just seems to be running backwards and forwards on the same level as much as possible and only go up and down the levels when you really need to when a heart or a musical note escapes you. But Mm. basically, you just run up and down the top and Brutus follows you around. So as long as you can control Brutus, because he always stops just before he punches up so you can move out the way, and just go left and right all the time in and out of the screen so he follows you backwards and forwards without going up and down the ladders. That's all you need to do. It's more difficult getting him to actually do what you want him to do, but that is the gist of it. So it's basically just going left and right a lot. And when when he's above you, that is a right pain, and he, he dangles his arm down to get you. Yeah, but I think and you just go back up to the top. See, he doesn't, he doesn't ever go to the top level. Mm. He never goes up there, so you can just stand up there avoiding him, basically. So... It's basically left and right, and it's it's not a lot of fun, really. It, it gets mm. really boring. I was watching a YouTube video of someone playing two million point game, which was the high score at the time. I think it's over. It's like three million points by Ben Gold now. He's got over three million points on it. So it does get tedious, especially when you're watching it, and it never seems to get any harder after the first loop when the skulls turn up. Just a bit dull, mm. really. It doesn't come anywhere near up to snuff with the style, design, and gameplay of the Donkey Kong games. Even Donkey Kong 3 is more engaging than this. That's like the lesser Donkey Kong game. And I would actually say, on the same similar hardware, I would say Skyskipper is a better game. It's more fun. There's more to do yeah, with Skyskipper. Mm. But Skyskipper, we don't think was ever finished. We're not sure. Because it's got the same really, really blocky backgrounds but it's got really, really nice sprites. So it's a similar mm. game. And, and obviously, as I said before, Skyskipper PCBs, especially the cocktail, the four-level cocktail ones, were modified to play Popeye, which is obviously a more popular game. 
But if Skyskipper was ever given a bit of a chance, I think it would have been a better game than this. Mm. Yeah, you did Skyskipper, didn't you, a long time ago? We did. I mean, Alex and I did mm. it years and years ago. It was like one of the early games. And it's not a bad little game. When you, when you get into it, if you watch Alex play it, he's very good at it, you can see the intricacies of it. And it's it's more fun than this. It's got more to it. Because Donkey mm. Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. have got a lot of nuances. You can play it totally different ways. You can point scab. There's ways of controlling things. Um, the levels differ quite a lot um, up to level five, and it obviously stays at the hardest point. And there's, there's randomness in it, and there doesn't seem to be any randomness in it. There's no nuances to this game. You can sort of control Brutus a little bit, but there's not a lot to do on the game. Whereas in Donkey Kong, there's loads you can do, and you can play it so many different kind of ways, and different skill sets can play different ways. And Yeah, it's just... This game just doesn't really... I don't know how they released this after Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. you think they'd want to put a more advanced game or a more fun game, and it just wasn't. It probably got sales because of the license, because everyone knows Popeye. Yeah, I know some people liked it, but I'd say it was like 70-30 that didn't like it. Yeah, do you think? Most people, I think most people just got bored of it, doing the same thing, and just got annoyed with Brutus grabbing them. Yeah, just so annoying. It's, it's you, very you only get, rare. You only get the one chance to hit him. You only get one spinach. If the spinach regenerated after a while, and you could chase him a bit more, I think it might make the game a bit more fun. Yeah, could do. Or even if if you know hitting him would just knock him away from you, maybe for a little while, so you can mm. get away from him or something. Because the punch didn't really do much. You can only punch the bottles on the first level and the punch bag. On level two, you could only punch Brutus when you get the spinach. That's all you can do. And on level three, you can hit the bird. Mm. So it's just, yeah. the, the punch, it was not really an action, really, was it? You hardly ever got to use it. Mm, I didn't think of that. Yeah, then you get the skulls. I did get to the skulls once, and I thought... I did, yeah. Nah, I thought, I've done it now. I've, I've, it's another game I can say I've won CC'd, kind of. I, so I'm just going to leave it at that. I really like the skull graphics, the little pixels, because they sort of move, they chatter their teeth as they're bouncing around. I didn't quite like that. that. So the sprites in the game are really like they're really really well drawn. Olive oil and Wimpy and and the little baby and Brutus mm. are all really nicely animated, but the backgrounds are just really chunky. They didn't really put much into the backgrounds. Maybe it was a memory limitation or something. I don't know. It just seems that way. Mm. So right, not a game I'm going to go back to. I, mean, I used to like playing this at Alex's because he had the cabinet of it, but it's one of the ones he got rid of because it wasn't a popular game, really. It wasn't that, wasn't that enamoured with it, really. Even Alex, who's a massive Nintendo fan, says, not a great game. No. I'm inclined to agree with him. Well, at least we tried it. We tried yeah, I, did, to I didn't hate things. it, but I just went, I... meh. And when I tried I... to play it, sort of aping the, the person who did it on the YouTube video... I couldn't quite do it. I couldn't quite stay at the mm. top and do the level and do it easily. This guy makes it look easy. And I couldn't quite do that, but I'm not that bothered. No, I won't be touching this one again. No! Ever. Popeye, Ever. get out! Next show's game. Right, next show's game. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and I've been because it's there's a, it's a weird scoring system. I was thinking today, how do we do a scoring system on this game? Because I really want to do it because I love it. 
It's Neo Drift Out, new technology. It's an isometric racing game. There's quite a lot of them, like me and Miglia and all that lot. I I think this is the best one. I think they're all very similar, and I do quite they like are. them. And you can play this with a joystick. You don't need a steering wheel. Mm, and it's it's a game you can finish in under nine minutes. Okay. So how yeah. are we going to do the scoring then, young man? Right. So... This is what you're only going to get a score. You're only going to get a result if you finish the game. That will give you a total time through the whole game. So the fastest time wins. Okay. Anything else, if you six levels, if you die on level three, it will say stage three retired. That's your score. Stage three retired. So right up to level five. Yeah. I think a lot of people will get to level four or five. Your score is just stage five retired, stage four retired. Okay. Because there's no other way of scoring it. And and yes, I suppose you can screen grab it when the time is ticking down, but won't bother with that. Yeah. I think I think because it's a, a quick game and the people will master the tracks, I think a lot of people will do the sixth level and finish it. And that gives you a total time. So the fastest time wins okay. if you complete if you complete the game. So if if you if you have a few games and you get to stage three, your score is stage three retired. Okay. So me? the ROM is just N E O D R I F T Neo Drift. There's no lives, yeah. no difficulty, no extra lives. Just as you've just said. Yeah, it's a Neo Geo game, so it's set to dif- if you if you go into the settings, it's just set to difficulty four, which you can see on the main on the attract mode anyway. So and listen, kids, if you're playing on main. And it's a Neo Geo game. You need to have the Neo Geo ROM in the same folder as your ROMs. You might already know this, but it won't work without it because that's the BIOS for Neo Geo. Right, yeah. Okay. And get your scores in by Tuesday, 16th of April, 5pm UK time. Yes, kids. So get playing that. And it's been lovely to speak to you all again. Have we been speaking to them? Or is that just the voices? Speaking at them. It's just the voices. I speak at my voice. I let my voices know who's boss. That's a good thing. I should try that. Yes. Yes. Listen to you, voices. Yeah. I don't want to eat that pie because I'm full up. Anyway, thanks for listening, kids. (laughs) Catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye. You can download or play the podcast... Read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>